2003, Ruben Studdard has won American Idol, Beyonce has gone solo, and Britney Spears got to star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But it was the emergence of a new teen queen that got all tweens buzzing. Disney teen star Hilary Duff makes her big music debut with her album Metamorphosis and changes the market for teen stars everywhere. With immensely successful singles, tours, and album sales, Hilary Duff solidified herself as a respectable pop star at the tender age of 15 years old. Join us this week as we take a deep dive into the album Metamorphosis along with all the stories from the era. So sit back, relax, and let the rain fall down as we dive into metamorphosis. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Planet 2000s podcast. I am your host, Michael Kadush. This week I'm so excited because we are going to be talking about one of my favorite albums of all time, especially one of my favorite albums when I was a little boy, Hilary Duff's Metamorphosis. I can't even begin to tell you guys how much I love this album, but I guess that's what this podcast episode is for, for me to really get into it with you guys. I'm also going to be joined by a very special guest later on in the episode, and we'll be doing a track by track. My beautiful friend Jesse, you guys are going to meet him, and you are going to love him. He's basically me, just, you know, the Arkansas-Dallas-Texas version. (laughs) But without further ado, let's get started on the deep dive of the album, Metamorphosis. It's the debut album by teen queen Hilary Duff. It was actually her second album. She actually released a Christmas album the year prior titled Santa Claus Lane, but it was her first album of original music. So it is widely considered to be her debut album as it is the album that introduced her to more adult audiences. It was released on August 26th, 2003, 18 years ago, Exactly. On Hollywood Records. You know, 18, she's legal. She can buy cigarettes. She can drink in Montreal. (laughs) It is widely considered to be the highest selling album on the Hollywood Records label, and it widened their ability to create major stars after its success with this album. Hillary had always wanted to follow in the footsteps of her eldest sister, Haley, and when Haley wanted to act, Hillary did, and when Haley wanted to sing, Hillary did too. It's funny that to say, like, oh, I knew I could sing when, you know, it doesn't, it didn't really work out that way. Um, like I said, always, Haley is always the first one to start something. Like, she wanted to be an actress, so I did too. She wanted to be a singer, so I did too. And it's, it's we, we always did it when we were younger, because my mom knew we liked to do it. So when we took acting classes, we took singing classes. And we sang at school in choir and stuff like that. And I didn't realize I really wanted to be a singer until just about a year and a half ago. She met her manager, Andre Reck, at a Radio Disney concert where his then-client, Myra, was performing. If y'all don't know who Myra was, Myra sang the song Miracles Happen from The Princess Diaries, you know, the theme song. Miracles happen once in a while when you believe. Thank you very much. (laughs) But yeah, so Andre was Myra's manager and met Hillary at the concert. He took her on as a client and thus began the start of Hillary's music career. Hillary, along with her mother and manager Andre, enlisted the work of the production team The Matrix to mold and create her sound. Hillary didn't want the album to be too pop and she wanted to have some rock elements in the album, and since they had such success in the year prior due to Avril Lavigne's album Let Go, they were the perfect fit to mold Hillary's musical identity. I worked with a writing and producing team called The Matrix, who um, I was so lucky to get to work with. They were really amazing. Um, they did Avril Lavigne's album, and they did three songs for my album and many other things, so it was really fun being in the studio with them. Hollywood Records brought Hillary to us and said that she was, you know, planning to make a record and would we like to be involved, and we just thought she was amazing. First we meet with the artists and we try to sort of 
get inside of their mind and see what's happening, where they've been, what they've done. And it's, it's sort of a thing where we take a magnifying glass to what they're about and we magnify everything that's great musically so that you know everyone out there can really lock into those magic moments that they have. I worked with a guy named Chico Bennett who did the song Bootylicious for Destiny's Child and music for Madonna and lots of other people. I also worked with Charlie Midnight and um, a woman named Cara Diaguati. I totally like working with other people and seeing their work motive and how everybody works differently. Hillary made sure to specify that she didn't want to emulate any other artists. She said, and I quote, There are definitely people I respect and I love their music, but there was never really an artist that I said, I just want to be like them. I wanted to be like myself. Producers and writers from this album included The Matrix, Meredith Brooks, Cara Dioguardi, Chico Bennett, Charlie Midnight, Matthew Gerard, John Shanks, along with Hillary's own sister, Haley Duff. They decided to go the pop rock route since Hillary listened to a lot of rock music when she was growing up. They also tried to create songs that were molded directly for Hillary, that fit her personality, and that weren't just a collection of random songs given to some girl to sing. I love to listen to so many different people, and I respect so many artists out there, and I love their work, I love listening to their music, but I didn't really go out there and say, I want to sound like this person, or... Um, I want my style to be like that. You know, I kind of wanted to be me. So everybody worked really hard on that. And I think we definitely found my own kind of flavor in my album. So it was more, it's more me in there. But definitely I look up to my sister too. She helps me out a lot. And she wrote some songs for my album. And she was in the studio with me a lot. So she's older than me. So she helped me. Right now I love Boomcat, and um, I'm really actually into the old Sublime CD right now, and um, I love the Christina Aguilera album. I listen to lots of old music too because my sister and my mom influence a lot, so I can, you know, listen to Bob Dylan and Janis Joplin, and then of course Britney Spears, so I like lots of different stuff. One of the producers and writers on the album, Charlie Midnight, stated, and I quote, Considering how young she was, I thought that that was interesting, that it wouldn't be a complete fabrication, because I'm used to working with very strong artists, strong personalities. After I got to know Hillary and we hung out, I saw that she had real points of view and was going to be real involved, which makes it easier to actually create the music, coming from somewhere, from a personality, from a point of view, rather than created out of cloth. That excited me. Hillary had so much personality that she was able to convey on a recording. There's lots of um, different sounds on the album. There's one song that sounds kind of like almost techno in a way, but it's a little bit mellow. And then um, there's some really like rock songs on it. And then there's some ballads and it's a big mixture of stuff. So I had lots of fun. My sister actually did two songs for the album. She did one called Sweet 16, which is a really fun song and totally relates to my life right now somehow. Hmm. I think it's hard for an actress to cross over into the pop world, but I think she's going to do it very, very well. Yeah, I think she's going to do mm -hmm. really well. I love being in the studio because it's totally different than acting. You know, acting, you're always... But you're acting like somebody else, you're putting yourself in someone else's shoes, and it's not about you at all. And um, when you're singing in the studio, it's all about you, and it's really personal. I do think she has a long career in the music business, because her work ethic's amazing, and uh, someone who has that kind of work ethic, it's, it's like Madonna, they're, they're very driven, they'll be around a long time. Hillary was not familiar with the process of making an album, but she wanted to make sure that she had the right 
recordings that fit her. It was through working with different songwriters and producers that Hillary felt comfortable in her sound. She in fact credits writer Cara Dioguardi with helping her find her voice. One thing that every producer who worked on this album had in common to say was that Hillary has a really strong work ethic. Hillary said that the album represented kind of a change because it was kind of different from anything she had previously done as she puts it. We called the album Metamorphosis because it's about changes that everybody experiences. I think we decided to call the album Metamorphosis because it's a big change for me. And um, it's a big change for everybody else also. Lots of people know me as characters and stuff that I played on TV. And it's really personal. And it's a good way for everybody to get to know more about Hillary. So it's called Metamorphosis for a change in me and everybody else. A lot of my fans relate to the album because um, even though I didn't write the songs on the album, I got to kind of talk with some of the writers and say, you know, I feel like this, or even if we were just listening to demos, I wanted to make sure that there was something in the song that related to my life. I have a really, really great um, record label and a really great music manager. So they're so cool about the songs that I pick and stuff. They, I think they really like my input. If I don't like a song or I don't feel comfortable singing it, they're like, cool, it's gone because they know that I'm going to be the one having to sing it over and over again. The singles from the album included So Yesterday, Come Clean, and Little Voice. Why Not was the lead single from the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack and does appear on the album as a bonus track, but since it wasn't released as a single to promote the album, but rather the film, it doesn't truly count as a single from this album. So Yesterday was released as they did debut single from the album on July 14th, 2003. It premiered on AOL Music's first listen on June 27, 2003, and it amassed almost 500,000 streams in its first two days. It was written and produced by production team The Matrix, and Hillary had already had a few Radio Disney hits from her time on Lizzie McGuire, but this single was her launch into a more mainstream audience and appeal. Hillary originally didn't even like the song. I wasn't sure about recording it, but after listening to it a few times, she decided to give it a shot. Um, basically, here, so yesterday is an expression like, it's so done, it's through with, you know, don't think about it, it's so yesterday. And um, the song is basically talking about a relationship. And um, it's, say, it's about a boy and a girl that have broken up. And the girl is singing, you know, it's so yesterday, it's over, it's done with. And... Um, you know, she's just a bird that's already flown away, and um, she talks about how she's going to be okay. And then in the middle, there's kind of a breakdown that says, um, if you're over me, I'm already over you. If it's all been done, what is left to do? How can you hang up if the line is dead? If you want to walk, I'm a step ahead. So it's just, it's pretty much girl empowerment music. And um, it talks about, it's sending a good message out there to get girls to not feel like they have to have a boyfriend to survive or something and that it's okay to be alone. Lyrically, it is a breakup anthem, showcasing a girl who has finally gotten over her ex because he is, you guessed it, so yesterday. The song itself received positive reviews from critics, with Stephen Thomas Erlewine of All Music saying that the song sounded natural coming from a teenager like Duff, and he also noted the influence of Avril Lavigne on the song. The music video was directed by famed video director Chris Applebaum and made its MTV premiere on July 24th, 2003, and became a staple on both TRL and the network in general, eventually making it at number one on the TRL video countdown. The video is playful, showing Hillary playing pranks on her ex-boyfriend, stealing his clothes, and then getting 
photos of random strangers wearing his t-shirt before returning it along with the photo of her wearing a shirt saying, you're so yesterday. Ah, teenagers. <laughs> the song was performed on the American Music Awards, session at AOL, Top of the Pops, and more. But on the charts, the song did fairly well. While it only reached number 42 on the USA charts, it hit number 2 in Canada, number 4 in the Netherlands, number 6 in Ireland, number 7 in Scotland, number 8 in Australia and France, and number 9 in the UK, along with a number 15 spot on the USA Pop Radio charts. Something that I talk about a lot with Jessie later on in this episode is actually her chart ranking in America versus everywhere else in the world. Her album did so well was a number one album, but for some reason the singles would not chart well, but everywhere else in the world they did. So, America, I got a bone to pick with you because y'all were doing my girl Hillary dirty back in the day now. The second single from the album was Come Clean, and it is a song written by Cara Diogardi and John Shanks, and it was released as the second single from Metamorphosis on January 12th, 2004. It is also widely considered to be Hillary's signature song. The lyrics show the protagonist wanting to come clean from a strained and toxic relationship, and Hillary even cited that the song was her favorite on Metamorphosis, saying it's a little more mellow than her previous single So Yesterday, but it's not really pop. It sounds sort of like techno, but it's slow. It's really cool. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. in the song Come Clean, it's obviously, I think, about a relationship. You know, coming clean with everything, no more secrets, no more lies, no more, you know, pretending to be something you're not or pretending to have something that's not there. And um, it's a really cool song. It's not, it's not really sad. It's just kind of like, you know, she's talking to herself. She's trying to figure out what she wants to do. And um, it's all about coming clean. So the video is kind of a reflection of that, to where it's not too happy, but it's not, like, moody. Um, basically, you know, I never, when I listened to the song, I always wanted it to be a single. I'm like, it's such a great song, and um, this, that, and the other. But I, I was like, what video are you going to put to it, you know? And um, I was lucky enough to get to work with director Dave Myers, and he's so cool. And he has so many creative thoughts in his head, you know? So he came up with it. He's like, I want it to be, like, raining, just crazy outside. And I want it to be inside. And instead of, like, a lot of quick shots, like most videos, more of, like, a follow throughout the day. Let the rain The music video was directed by Dave Myers and made its TV premiere on Nickelodeon's Teen Nick blog on January 11, 2004. The video shows Hillary in her home with a group of friends while there is a thunderstorm outside. It also shows her in different rooms in her home solo while the storm outside is going hard. Cuts off Hillary's boyfriend trying to brave the storm to get to Hillary's home to see her, eventually ending with them reuniting outside in the rain. The video helped with the success of the song, even getting nominated for Best Pop Video at the 2004 MTV Video Music Awards. She actually lost the award to No Doubt for It's My Life, but the fact that she even got a nomination is pretty great. She also won the 2004 World Music Award for Best New Artist with this video, getting credited as the entry. The song is Hillary's best-selling single in the United States, with over 600,000 digital downloads sold and a gold certification. It reached number 35 on the U.S. charts, number 9 on the U.S. pop radio charts, and charted in the top 10 in the Netherlands, Canada, and Belgium. The song also gained 
lots of notoriety due to its being chosen as a theme song for the immensely successful MTV reality show Laguna Beach, as well as a theatrical trailer for Hillary's own 2004 film, A Cinderella Story. Basically, the song is iconic. Let the rain fall down and wake my dreams. Everybody knows that line. Everybody knows this melody. It's definitely a classic 2000s pop song. So the fact that Hillary was able to achieve that, considering that she was a teen star and that she was a Disney star and Disney stars weren't really taken seriously, especially in terms of their music, it's a pretty great accomplishment for Hillary. The third single on the album was Little Voice, and it was released only in Australia on May 10, 2004. It was originally scheduled to be released worldwide, but the idea was scrapped in order to focus on the release of Hillary's duet with her sister Haley, Our Lips Are Sealed, which was released as the theme song from Hillary's film A Cinderella Story that was released later that summer. The song is a pop rock song that was written by Cara Diogardi and Patrick Berger. It was originally recorded by Swedish singer Celine in 2000, and the song was a hit in that country. When Hillary's manager, Andre Reck, was searching for songs for Hillary to record for her debut album, he got a hold of Cara Diogardi. She submitted both Come Clean and The Little Voice, which Reck knew would be perfect for Hillary and her sound. The music video for Little Voice that was used is actually a live performance from Hillary's Girl Can Rock concert DVD, and the song reached number 29 on the Australian charts. The album received mixed reviews from critics, as most albums of that time did. Music reviewers were ridiculously misogynistic and sexist in those days, and it showed in the reviews. But let's focus on the positive reviews, shall we? Stephen Thomas Erlewine of All Music, who I love because he's probably one of the only music reviewers from back in the day that I'm consistently seeing was very positive. Um, He said that the album is what teen pop should sound like in 2003, a very good modern bubblegum album. He also said that it was influenced by Avril Lavigne, but that Hillary has a sweeter, more appealing voice than Avril, and the rest of the record follows her cheerful charisma, resulting in a charmingly effervescent listen. Blender Magazine called it a masterfully executed tour through contempo mall pop, 80s new wave bubblegum, and girl power affirmations. That's probably my favorite review that I've heard in a while. (laughs) The album was nominated at the 2004 Juno Awards in Canada for International Album of the Year, but lost to 50 Cent's album Get Rich or Die Tryin'. And of course, as we said earlier in this episode, it was nominated at the 2004 MTV VMAs for Best Pop Video, as previously mentioned. She also won the 2004 World Music Award for Best New Artist. The sales for this album were extremely high. In its first week of availability, the album debuted at number two on the US Billboard 200 charts with sales of 203,000 copies. In its second week, the album sold 131,000 copies and ascended to the number one position on the chart. It ended up becoming the eighth best-selling album of 2003 in the USA, selling 2.6 million copies by year's end. The album also has been credited as the album that put Hollywood Records on the map. By 2014, the album sold 3.9 million copies in the USA and over 5 million copies worldwide, so it's pretty safe to say that the album has passed 4 million at this point. The album is certified 3 times platinum in the USA, 4 times platinum in Canada, platinum in Australia, and gold in Argentina, Japan, and Mexico. It also reached number one in both the USA and Canada, and number nine in Japan. In an article for Blender magazine, they broke down just how successful this album was for Hillary, pointing out her dominance of the teen market, with 70% of the album's sales being from people aged 13 to 22 years old, in comparison to the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack, which was 70% people under the age of 13, therefore successfully breaking her out of the kids' market and into the more lucrative teen young adult market, with some stating that she inherited past fans of Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, which is a pretty safe assumption considering I was one of those fans. But all this to say, the album was so successful, so anybody that had anything negative to say about it, the numbers spoke for themselves. She was selling out tours, she was selling albums, she had successful singles, her videos were being played on TRL, her songs were being used in shows. It was quite a pop era, and 
Now for the next phase of this episode, I'm so excited to go track by track, deep dive into this album with my great friend, Jesse. You guys are going to meet him. You're going to love him. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Whether you may agree with some opinions or you don't, I hope that it's just all love and we all just can reminisce on Hillary's music. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Planet 2000s podcast. This is the moment we've been waiting for for this episode. We're going to be doing a deep dive album track by track of Hillary's Metamorphosis, the iconic album of our childhood. And I'm joined by a very special guest and I'm going to let him introduce himself because he is just quite the icon, you guys. I can't do him justice, so I'm just going to let him go. So Jesse, take it away, my friend. Stop. Oh my gosh. You make me feel really special on this morning when we're recording this. Well, my name is Jesse Chambliss and I am a connoisseur, I guess, of the early aughts and I have a TikTok that I like to explore similar topics as Michael and, you know, we got connected that way via social media. And so you can find me at Chambreezy uh, on all platforms. And I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming. I have to tell everybody, I found Jesse on TikTok a couple of months ago. I think what had happened is, so we both listened to this podcast called We Need to Talk About Britney, which is one of my favorite podcasts. So shout out to that one. And there was an episode where one of Britney's old makeup artists came on and there was a whole uh, moment about Britney Murphy. And you did a TikTok on that. And that's how I found you because someone had sent it to me. And I was like, like, wow. Hey, let me take a look at this guy. I go look at your TikTok and I'm like, oh my God, he's me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally me. So we've been connecting since then. And you guys, honestly, like truly check out his TikTok, check out his IG, because if you listen to this podcast, you're going to love every single thing that he posts. I'm not kidding. Every single thing. Am I wrong, Jesse? Oh, well, I'm fully guessed up, but I will agree with you. Thank you. Without further ado, let's just get started. Um, yeah. Before we deep dive into the album, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your relationship with Hillary and <laughs> just, yeah, like how you feel about her, how long you've been a fan, your connection to this album, all of it. Yeah, uh, I've been a fan from the start. Uh, obviously, I uh, started back in the Lizzie McGuire days. And I don't know, There, there's something about Hillary. I think that she has an authenticity to her that people relate to. You know, I was, I was pretty hooked from the start. So natural progression of watching Lizzie McGuire, seeing the movie, following the rest of her career. And then she releases this album. And of course I got it. I was 12 or 13 whenever it came out. And so I was like perfect demographic, little gay 12 year old boy. So, um, you know, (laughs) hit the nail on the head there. I loved it. I mean, it was the appropriate type of album for the time. And so I, you know, I, like I said, target demographic, I was the perfect consumer. I think so me as well. I was a little bit Mm -hmm. younger. I was eight years old, but I think that whole eight to 12 tween demographic she just completely took them over and it kind of happened a little, it happened really quickly, you know, like she was Lizzie McGuire, but she wasn't never going to be taken seriously as a music artist. So I, even looking back now, I'm quite surprised that she really was able to do what she did with this album, considering that she was literally looked at as a child star. Like what 14, 15 year old is on the radio? Like 
I don't know one. Even like Olivia Rodrigo today is like 18 years old. There's no really like really young artists. And Hillary got on radio and was being played and had a top 10 hit at radio. So it's pretty amazing what she accomplished with this record. Yeah, the timing was really good because, you know, the Britneys and Christinas were a little bit older and their audiences had gotten a little bit older. And so there was a blueprint already, but a whole in that whole demographic. Hillary, I think, was the person who was able to snatch up those younger audiences that hadn't, you know, aged out with the the Britney Christina wave. Hillary is kind of like what Britney was in terms of the influence for that group of girls. Because if you think about it, when Britney was like the first to come out and then there was Christina, Jessica, Mandy, out of like the Disney girls, Hillary was, when Hillary had her success, that's when Lindsay Lohan became big. That's when Amanda Bynes became big. That's when Ashley Simpson saying like all of them after Hillary Hillary can't because they saw how successful this record was so I always kind of connected the two as well and I feel like that's probably why I loved Hillary so much because it almost filled the gap of Britney when Britney decided to go off and have children (laughs) and Hillary kind (laughs) of came in and stepped in for us little gays to love her you know (laughs) yeah she really did uh did do that I mean I always call her the first wave of the Disney machine yeah absolutely she she jump-started Hollywood records that was dying she she did a lot and i mean without hillary wouldn't we wouldn't have miley demi selena all of those people and on that note let me get started on the album so metamorphosis the album that taught me the word metamorphosis so basically she was also an, a professor for all of us you know uh-huh. yes Dr. educating Duff. the youth mm-hmm. you know who needs english class when we have this fucking album so let's get started let's start with number one so yesterday iconic bop obviously you know, a lyrical masterpiece. If the light is off, then it isn't on. I was like, come on, like Shakespeare who? <laughs> yeah. I, so, you know, the people who wrote this poets, because we know that Hillary didn't really write on this album, but they were, I mean, that's something that I feel like Hillary Duff would just say though. You know what I mean? I think that the writers on this record in general, just like the whole album, did a really good job of writing material that was perfect for her in terms of her age, in terms of her maturity, in terms of her voice. Um, so yesterday is the perfect example of that. How do you feel about it being chosen as the first single? I know Why Not kind of came out before, but that was more associated with the movie. Yeah. How do you feel about this choice as the first single? Personally, I actually think it was a really good choice because it's kind of like a really fun pop record and anybody could really sing it, but it still has like that youth tinge to it a little bit. For me, I think that I wish Come Clean and So Yesterday were flip-flopped. Really? Um, yeah, I do. And I don't know if Come Clean would have been as successful if, if it would have come out first because people didn't really take her seriously. That's why I personally feel that it was better that Come Clean was second because I feel like it would have maybe been swept under the rug a little bit had it come out first. I think potentially, though, if Come Clean would have come out first, it would have solidified her as more of a pop star because it's such a good song. Like, I think Come Clean is eons ahead of what well, we, we can talk about that in a moment but i think yes. eons ahead of so yesterday in terms of like quality of pop song so yeah. i don't know if it would have had the opposite effect but i guess we'll never know well so yesterday i think is a good song i mean it was produced and written by the matrix who mm-hmm. you know the geniuses behind avril lavigne's complicated i'm with you and that whole era so if anything i feel like they kind of gave Hillary a little bit of that edge that they gave Avril, but they made it Hillary-fied, if if we want to even say that. How do you feel about the video where she's basically a stalker? (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's like, ooh, I'm going to play this prank on my ex. It's like, okay. (laughs) Or you could leave him alone. (laughs) Did you have the DVD? I'm sure you did. All Access Pass. 
I did not. The the first Hillary DVD I got aside from movies was uh, A Girl Can Rock, the concert. Okay, yeah, that was the one that came out right after. Well, for those of you guys who don't know, there was the DVD All Access Pass that came out, and it was basically Hillary in the studio working on the album, and then Hillary on the set of the So Yesterday video. So it's just so nostalgic for me, because I would watch that DVD literally every single day. And oh, so yeah. just the scenes from that video, the famous Texas t-shirt, is I think the shirt is Everything Big Happens in Texas, right? Everything's bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Like, yeah. I wanted that shirt, a boy from Montreal, <laughs> Quebec. I wanted my Everything's Bigger in Texas shirt, so I can be... <laughs> like Hillary Duff. <laughs> I wanted to go. I think it was like, was it Venice where they were in California where they were shooting the video? It was like some I'm, beach somewhere. Yeah, I believe so. It's 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 a very it's a staple of the 2000s. And it was played quite a bit on TRL at the time. I remember I used yeah. to see it all the time on the countdown. So good for Hillary for getting that, to be honest with you. Yeah. They gave her a lot of TRL support. And you and I talk about how Canada has always been really good to Hillary as well. Oh, 100%. Let me quickly take a... I just want to check out the chart stats for this song because I want everyone to understand the difference between the Canadian charts Mm -hmm. and the American charts. So let's say So Yesterday, right? So in America, on the Billboard Hot 100, it only reached number 42 and it reached number 15 on the radio chart. Meanwhile, in Canada, it reached number two on the charts, like the main charts. The UK (laughs) was number nine. Um, It was number eight in Australia. It was number eight in France, number six in Ireland. So I don't know what's up with America and what went on here but this song was an actual hit everywhere else in the world i so it's really baffling to me how america only reached number 42 listen america does a lot of things wrong clearly <laughs> and this is one of them it's it's uh it's a point of contention for me in my country the way that we've done hillary duff on our charts but but it's funny because on the album charts metamorphosis hit number one and sold all these yeah. albums so it's weird to me but i think that in terms of radio that impacted the charts a lot at the time and it was only yes. reached number 15 but at least she, she got radio play like ali and aj and stuff never got a radio play it's funny too because we think of you know our generation we think of how successful you know these artists were like the hillary duff and people who came after her but if you think about crossover appeal in the u.s the you know the main stations the the top 40 stations never played them Hillary Duff got play, but they never played them because they were in this Radio Disney bubble. It's kind of like a blessing and a curse. Like they had that Radio Disney fan base and that's who bought the albums. But then it kind of stopped them from being taken a little seriously. But I do feel that So Yesterday is a song that people know and remember. Like even if you're not a Radio Disney or you weren't in our age group, I feel like that's a song that people know. Maybe not as much as Come Clean, but I think it did what it needed to do. Yeah. And it's because of TRL, though. That's why people... Why people know it in our generation. Well, speaking of TRL staples and TRL hits, let's go on to the next song, Come Clean, the signature Hillary song. Uh, oh, this song is very, very special to me. I, I recognize that it's like the, the signature song and it's almost a bit like her toxic. But you know what? I don't care because <laughs> it is so freaking good. In fact, just before recording this, I was actually just speaking to my mother on the phone and I was telling her, like, oh, I'm going to be recording for Hillary. And she tells me, she's like, I remember you being a little boy and it was raining one day and you, I was picking you oh up from God. school. I was picking you up from school and you 
you came to the door wet and you opened the door, you were like, let the rain fall down. <laughs> and you made me play it in the car. And I just have that memory. And I was like, well, I believe it. Hillary was my first concert also in this era, uh, January 2005. So, so jealous. Well, just, just after the second album. But it was the first two together. So she was my first concert. I was a huge fan. My mother was a huge fan. We all loved Hillary. And Come Clean was really like that song. It was the hit. It was, it's such a melodically pretty song like genuinely like just the melody of it is a genuinely good song written by Cara Diaguardi and John Shanks the classic 2000s pop rock teen queen duo mm-hmm. I think it's just a perfect song it's meant for Hillary to be honest with you I hear it and I don't I can't imagine anybody else singing it it's gone down in history it will forever be known as a classic pop track and I ain't mad at it I love the video she looks gorgeous when she's in the rain and she's all wet and her black eye makeup is just popping with that blonde hair and it's so gorgeous yeah. I don't have enough good things to say about it so I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna just let you talk because I can't I can keep going <laughs> I think my favorite Hillary Duff fact overall and of course about this song Song is that uh, Kara, of course, had gotten, you know, brought into the process of, of doing the album and everything. And she uh, and uh, John had written the song, but I'm pretty sure it was about, and she talked about this in her memoir, it was about her losing her virginity. Right. So the original lyrics were, let the rain fall down and wet my dreams. Oop. Not wake my dreams. So <laughs> uh, I think we can all piece together what she was talking about. Oh. And... You know, I think it also, you know, the uh, <laughs> the end of the bridge, like right before the final choruses go and she's like, I'm coming. Yeah. Um, first of all, so uncomfortable. So uh, uncomfortable. But, but now it makes way more sense in the context of knowing what Kara was writing the song about. <laughs> and even like just the term come clean, I'm coming clean. It's like, huh, it's yep. a little bit of a head scratcher, but it, it's very um, genie in a bottle, uh, rub you the right yeah. way, 17 years old. Like it's very that. Yes. And but but, you know, Hil- Hillary's version, if you will, Taylor's version, but Hillary's version, if you will, um, <laughs> is it, it kind of removes all of that, like sexual tension. It's more about just having an honest conversation with one another. So that's like pretty wholesome and cute. But knowing what I know now, it's just another one of those childhood ruiners that you experience as you get older. I don't know. I feel like as a kid, I always just thought it was a song about rain. Like, I think that everyone <laughs> did. I think that's what we all thought. And the video kind of fed into that. So whatever. I mean, I guess now that we know the actual history, but I feel like how many songs are we going to hear that about? It's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the rain's iconic and that's more what I associated with anyway. It's the classic rain song, even just like the me- the beat of it. The I don't, I don't know the name of the instrument, but the part that goes like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's it sounds very ethereal. It's like I'm about to get caught in a storm right now. Yeah. And I'm going to be wearing like a really cozy sweater that a really cozy white guess. sweater. And yeah. I'll be jamming with my friends until the electricity goes out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Typical, was a typical Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> the song was a big hit. I mean, it reached number 35 in the US and number seven in Canada, number 18 in the UK. It was a top 10 hit at US radio. So, like, that's mm-hmm. pretty crazy for Hillary. And that was yeah. in 2004. So, there was a lot of competition. That was like Usher Confessions era. Toxic was a hit at that time. So, Hillary was playing with the big guns. She really was, which I love. This is, this is what catapulted her into being, you know, an actual pop artist that people knew and of course laguna beach mtv was really behind this project full force like they used the music for theme songs they played it on trl she was at every performance we really have mtv to thank for the success of this record in my opinion 
Yeah, it's true. MTV made Hillary their little darling while they needed someone to fill that void. And we reaped the benefits. And Come Clean has gone on to be a real pop classic, which is kind of crazy that she managed to get that. So good for Hill. Yeah. Next track, my friend. Working it out. I'm not giving up, no. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to shout it. I love this song. It makes me want to have a sleepover with all my girlies and just be, you know, letting out some steam from the week, whatever, and jump on the bed and like, I don't know, feathers flying everywhere. That's what I want when I listen to this song. Have you ever seen the Stuff by Hillary Duff commercial where she's like um, with all the little girls and they're all like having like a pillow fight or whatever? 1000%. Okay, so that's what this song gives me. I know that Come Clean is the one that's used in the commercial, but this song totally gives me that like Stuff by Hillary Duff vibe. Like this would have been used in a Stuff by Hillary Duff commercial and I fucking love it. I just kind of want to go dance to it right now. I used to have a Hillary Duff folder actually that I had Stuff by Hillary Duff. Side note. Incredible. Incredible. You talked about that because I made that TikTok and I feel like you commented that on my TikTok. Or you, yeah, or I had you the pencils. Me. I had yeah. the pencils. I had the folder. I had a journal. Like I actually, I actually am looking at, I have the journal in front of my my face right now it's literally says stuff by hillary duff and it's like a plaid i'm gonna send you a picture of it or maybe i'll like post it on my story or something so everyone can see. oh so iconic but back to the song written by charlie midnight and i mean i don't really know much that he's done besides for this album to be honest. Too. yeah they I, I read up a little bit about him but i had not heard of him I, I didn't either i think i mean i've always known his name simply because of the credits of this album but i can't even think of something else that he's done but who cares when you've co-written working it out by Hillary Duff, you don't need anything else on your resume. <laughs> because, and I think the thing that really works here is like, you know, when songs have like a, hey, hey, or like a whoa, or like, you know, one of those just sort of like exclamations, it's like, those either are really cheesy or they work really well with the song. And I feel like they just do what they need to do here. They're serving, they're serving white people at a wedding. You know what I mean? Which I am one. So I know my people and my culture. (laughs) It's, it's very white people at a wedding cheerleading squad, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah. There's a place for all of that. Exactly. And it fits like a 15 year old girl, 15 year old blonde girl. It's perfect for her. Not much else to say about it. It's just a fun little song on the album and it does what it needs to do. Agreed. Number four, Little Voice, a favorite of mine. To be honest, I always thought was a little older for her. Like I always I like it sounds like a song like a 22 year old would have sing. It's weird that she was like 15 singing this song, but I love it. I uh, written by Cara Diaguardi, and I know that it actually is a cover. Originally, it was called The Little Voice, and it was by a Swedish pop rock singer, Saline. I hope I'm saying it correctly. I apologize, girl, if I'm not, but Cara Diaguardi wrote it for her back in 2000. So this was around the time of uh, Kylie spinning around that Cara was kind of just started writing. I guess what happened was that nobody ever heard the song because it was only released in Sweden, and I'm assuming that once Come Clean was given to Hillary is when they were like, oh, Cara, do you have any other songs for her? I do think that it fits really well. And it was kind of a single. Like, I know that it was released in Australia and the Netherlands. I don't think it was released anywhere else, though. Yeah, not the U.S., but I felt like it was, uh, especially with the album, the track listing and the album, I feel like it made a lot of sense after working it out. I think that it's a perfect song that could have been a hit, honestly. Like, it could have been on the radio. It's a genuine good pop song. I always loved this song. Yeah, me too. And I feel like she, in the verses, she had to like play around and be more 
like show a little bit more of her personality because Hillary Duff can sometimes, you know, fall back and, and not show as much. But on this song, she had to give a little bit more like texture to her vocals and be a little more fun and, you know, kind of slinky at times, which I, I appreciate. That. Yeah, it's like a, it's a little bit like she sounds a little bit like a bad girl, a little bit like the I won't tell you what I'm th-. It's very yeah. like ooh, mysterious. I really it's it's different. It's it's one of the more exp- experimental songs vocally for her on this album i find yeah it's it's, she's leaning into spooky hillary which we love but i love spooky hillary reach out and touch me oh don't get me started (laughs) (laughs) when we do the best of hillary death episode we'll talk about that track (laughs) okay i'm ready one of her 17 greatest hits compilations so that she can get out of her hollywood records contract yes that's that's hilarious that that happened i'll never forget when that was released i was like bitch didn't you just release a greatest hits album and you only have like one album i'm like come on girl is it really that bad at hollywood Uh uh-huh she's like yeah i gotta get out (laughs) i'm gonna get out of this fucking contract i mean listen at least they promoted this album but I mean, I definitely know the Disney stars had their issues with uh, labels, for sure. Yeah. No more promotion after this, though. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh, when, we, when we talk about the Hillary Duff album, we'll definitely talk about that and how it was robbed of having more than one fucking single. But we don't need to push. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, Little Voice. Great track. Great track. I have nothing else to say about it except that I just think it's fun and I enjoy it. You got anything else, my friend? Nope. Let's move on to one of my favorite songs as well. I'm going to say that for every song, but this one in particular, <laughs> where did I go? Right. Obviously written by the amazing production team, the matrix. This song is so slinky. It's so different. I love her vocals on this track. I actually really enjoy the effects that they put on her voice. I know that usually I'm not a big fan of the whole auto tune thing, but they really made her voice sound really cool in the chorus. The, where did I go? Right. Add on the vocal stacking that was there. I just think it's a very pretty song. It kind of fits the vibe of the album of being a little bit like rainy, cloudy, you know, like, oh, what's going on? You know, like songs like Come Clean or yeah, the little, melodrama. Uh, mm-hmm. The melodrama is real way before Lord, honey, way before Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this album walked so that Lord could run. So that Lord could run, bitch. Okay, without Hillary, but uh, no, a great song. I think it could have been a really good single, actually, as well. I feel like it could have been like a Radio Disney thing. Um, the song I I I, mean, I like because I don't really dislike many songs on this album at all, if if any. Uh, but I like the verses way more than the chorus. Sometimes that happens for me, though. I really like. Mm-hmm the you know the moodiness of the verses and then the chorus i feel like is while i like it i feel like it's not as interesting as the verses but i still like the song overall i I guess we all hear something different for me i just really like the effects that they put on her voice yeah whoever's singing background vocals because it's not hillary uh sounds great (laughs) (laughs) yeah no for sure i always always notice hillary's background vocalists it's not as intense as like in this is what dreams are made of when it's literally a different singer but (laughs) she hasn't gone through all of her vocal lessons yet (laughs) yeah she was still very young she was 14 15 years old recording this um but it's very similar to little voice in the sense where the verses are a little bit mysterious and it's a little bit different and she really took a little bit of risks and i could tell the producers definitely pushed her a little bit in these songs but it works i mean it's a one it's a really great song i love the music of it too like just the actual beats and the background of it all i think it's really really cool and it kind of gives me shadow vibes by britney a little bit one thousand percent didn't the matrix work on shadow they did they sure did yeah 
So that makes sense. Yeah. I really like the last thing I have to say about the song is I like, where did I go? You know, oh, so good. That's why I'm telling you the background vocalists did their thing on this song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing track. Okay. Number six, um, a, a classic Hillary song, a Cinderella story made this song known by many, many people anywhere, but here, this song is just cute. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you need some cutesy, like little filler songs for an album like this. And it's cute. I like it. It's something that I listen to if I'm playing the album. I don't I don't ever go to the album and I'm like, oh, gosh, I want to listen to this song. But if I'm listening really? to the whole thing through, yeah, I'll listen to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you don't you don't really you don't rate the song then that much. Well, I just like I just it is a song that I that is part of this album. You know what I mean? Like any of the other songs that we've talked about just now, I will sometimes just listen to one off, but this one usually is like a, it comes on shuffle or it's like when I'm listening fully through the album. Yeah. Interesting. I feel differently because I feel like because this song, because of the Cinderella of a Cinderella story and it being like kind of like the final song, I always associate it with that movie. So it's, it's kind of iconic to me. And I actually love the lyrics. Like, Flying through the door, then across the floor. I love that the rhyming in it. I think it's very like simple pop music, and it's nothing extraordinary, but I think it's a very fun song. Yeah, I mean, oh, I know every word to it. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> I know this song, but I think you know whenever you are older and you revisit albums, there's like certain songs that you like go back to. I love the the beginning. The who who who? Do you yeah. think it's more who's doing it? I think so. Yeah. I bet it took some takes. Yeah. Well, Hillary Jean is real, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it took some takes, but I think she does it. I do. It's a cute song. It's not single worthy or anything like that, um, but it's a fun song on the album. It definitely fit the movie A Cinderella Story, I find. I don't know about you, because it gives me that kind of like driving with the top down at my girls vibe that the song sweet 16 gives but we'll get to that in a bit but i don't know it's a fun song it's, it's a great number six number six is usually like when it's like the middle of the album where are we going here it's just it's just like holding things together i feel like she did some sort of like concert special for her birthday like a mini concert thing or whatever didn't she perform this she did that's what i'm saying she used to perform this song this was a song that was yeah. like kind of in the performance rotation that's why i always thought it was made they were maybe gonna put it as a single because yeah. it was in the movie she performed it people know it i know a lot of people know it like when i've been whenever i watch cinderella story with my friends like everybody knows the song so agreed all right well now number seven when i was a kid this was my favorite favorite song now as i've gotten older i don't really love it as much but as a kid i was obsessed with this song the math if you cannot do the math then get the fuck out of the equation that's what i have to say about this song yeah those are the actual lyrics too we <laughs> only heard the edited version the whole time this is star 69 when i was a kid i don't know why i think this is just the mind of an eight-year-old but i had the cd booklet and there was a star so i thought because it was a star it meant that it was a swear word so i would say the f word this is f69 little did i know what that actually means Uh, listen i was a weird kid and i guess it was some foreshadowing for my future thirstiness in life (laughs) oh i mean you said it not me so Hillary Duff is a rock star. She's a rock artist, and she proved it with this song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The song is dumb, but like it it's is. dumb, you it know. Is. But I, I love it. It's so funny. It's this is a fun one that I will go back and listen to. And you know what's funny? Ridiculous. So it was written by The Matrix. So 
The Matrix also wrote, so yesterday, if the light is off, then it isn't on. So clearly their lyricism isn't the strongest. We we know that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even in Complicated, you fall and you crawl. Like, even, like, that type of song. Like, the Skater lyrics, Boy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the lyrics aren't exactly clever, but the the melodies are, and that's what makes them a good song. There's, there's always some sort of quirky hook or something unique that stands out, even if it's dumb, but it works. The math is definitely that. I was obsessed with the song as a kid. I really have to say, I used to play it all the time and pretend that I was a friggin' rock star. This is her Avril Lavigne moment. Especially that guitar intro. Yeah, it's hardcore. <laughs> and then and then it's like, you're always... <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Guns and Roses, who? Like... <laughs> Yeah, this was her Metallica moment. This is definitely her Enter Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, though. Did you see that interview later on in life? Um, I think it was a radio show interview in like 2015 or something when she was promoting Breathe In, Breathe Out and some of her other projects. And they asked her about any songs that she doesn't like. And she definitely talked about the math. I do know. I do remember that. She was just like, what the hell even was that song? (laughs) Yeah. And we get it. We're with you, but also it's iconic because it's so stupid. Yeah, and whatever. It's just a song on the album. It's one of those songs you go back to and you laugh that you used to like it and you're like, yeah. okay, moving on. Yeah. And moving on to another song on the album, a song that I actually always thought was very pretty. As a kid, I didn't love it just because it was too slow. As I've gotten older, I do enjoy listening to it. I think it's probably my least favorite on the album, though. Uh, Love Just Is. This is another one of those like filler songs, Mm -hmm. but I always really liked it. I always listened to it a lot as a child. I didn't think it was too slow or whatever. I thought it was like, you know, I thought it was cute. I was like, yeah, okay. It's not. Yeah, it's not a standout. It's another safe ballad type of song thing needed, but it does once again it does what it needs to do on a teenager's album back in 2003 with a glittery like green cover album cover i mean like right you have to have a song like this oh and speaking of which can we just take a break to talk about the iconic album cover and the two different earrings because growing up that was always what i focused on how she had two different earrings and i always thought the album cover did look a little cheap what do you think yeah, it's definitely cheap. And you know what? We were talking about this, but it's it's a, it's like a Britney album cover. Her album covers are always so weird and look like they were shot at like a JCPenney studio or something like that in the mall. And that is exactly what this is giving me. They did like a whole photo shoot for this album and they actually are good pictures. So I'm like, yeah. How, why did they? Ch-? And even like her, the way her hair is always annoyed me on the cover as well. That is all I've ever focused on with the hair. <laughs> What pisses you off more, the bang or the sides that are just flying that don't match up? The sides that are just like they're over in Sweden, like they're not in the same place as the rest of the song, uh, rest of the photo. They're they're so far away. I look at the cover and then I hear a song like Love Just Is and that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And like her mouth is like slightly parted and she's wearing that like very glossy, glossy lip gloss. Oh, gosh. Well, they definitely redeemed covers for the second album because the hillary duff cover is yeah this to me like gorgeous. yeah you know what the hillary duff uh, cover gives me it gives me uh the same energy as like christina aguilera liberation that it like does. close up you know and and then of course my favorite hillary cover is the dignity album cover so she definitely redeemed herself with the album covers as her career went on but this first one was a little rough <laughs> <laughs> yeah it always kind of looked like like a christmas tree in the background if you just kind of uh, uh, yes it, it literally looks like a christmas tree in the background <laughs> well love just is and moving right along <laughs> yep next track 
Sweet 16, another MTV classic. Thank you, MTV, for promoting this song and for helping the Metamorphosis cause because this was the theme song to my Super Sweet 16, which was one of my favorite shows growing up. It is the most ridiculous show in the fucking world, but it is so entertaining. And Queen Hillary was the theme song. So not only was it Laguna Beach, but they also hooked her up with my Super Sweet 16. So thank you, MTV. And this song, like... This is one of those rare moments where an artist also has a strong like album cut associated with them that people know for sure isn't a single. And so I love that, you know, I love purely just knowing that bit about this song aside from all the other relevance that Hillary gets a song that is hers that's associated with her. And it's not one of her big singles or anything like that. Yeah. And co-written by Haley Duff. Yeah, which is really fun. And, uh, you know, I think what I love about Hillary and Haley Duff is that they weren't doing that thing where there's a rivalry. They weren't doing a thing where there's like one person who's clearly in the shadow and they, you know, are kind of like a joke or whatever. You know, Haley always kind of did her own thing. There was crossover with Hillary and obviously she wrote for her and they've done songs together in the, you know, the movie. But other than that, they just supported each other. And I mean, listen, I kind of feel bad for Haley Duff, to be honest with you. I actually just did my Paris Hilton episode. Side note, y'all should go listen to that if you haven't. But in the episode, I talk about how the song Screwed that Paris Hilton had on her album mm-hmm. that was going to be her first single was actually meant for Haley Duff and she kind of took it from her and Haley sued her and everything. And then Haley got dropped from Hollywood Records, so Paris just got to take it. And I was re- when I was reading up on that, and I'm just like, damn, poor Haley Duff. Like, she really never got the chance to even try to have the music career that she wanted to have. I mean, I feel like writing for Hillary, doing Our Lips Are Sealed, getting her role in Napoleon Dynamite, things like that. I feel like they were gearing up to make Haley a star as well, and it just never worked. She has one of those classic cases of almost right she has the that the almost moment in the career the almost moment which plagues a lot of people that could have been great and it's crazy because she actually is a pretty decent songwriter i mean she wrote this song she wrote another song on this album that we're gonna get to she wrote the song haters on hillary duff album like so she's written some of my favorite hillary songs so clearly she has some sort of talent and we know she can sing so it's a little unfortunate that she didn't get to have her moment but i am very happy that she was never like the weird jealous sister and she was always helping out her sister and like writing songs for her and wanted to see her do well like sweet 16 is a song that is meant for hillary duff you hear it like there's nothing in my way but the traffic of LA. I want to feel my blonde hair everywhere. You know, it's just so classic. I just got my license, Mary Kate and Ashley getting their movie. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that line, my blonde hair is everywhere. I don't know why, but that was always so funny to me, but also iconic. It's very, if the light is off, then it isn't on. My blonde hair everywhere. Uh, this is star 69 if you can't do the math get out of the equation this song this album has so many lyrics and it's like okay this album is sung by a 14 year old 14 year old girl because it's so straightforward it's like if you were like looking in her diary reading her diary or something and she goes i stubbed my toe today like you know what i mean (laughs) like okay we get it But you know what? I feel like that's what's a little, that's what's most endearing about it. And I feel oh. like that's why it's in so many of our hearts and why we as children resonated with it so well. Absolutely. And you know what, Michael, sometimes when I'm driving, my red hair is everywhere. So there you I go. I don't drive, but you know what? When I'm in the passenger seat, my black hair is everywhere. <laughs> 
Well, if you don't know me, my red hair is fake anyway. So I had to almost say, I almost said brown hair because that's my actual hair color. I was going to say, what's your natural hair color? Brown. It's brown. Yeah. Technically, my hair is actually brown, but because in like the winter, it just gets really, really dark. And then in the summertime, it gets like a dark brown. But individual strands, my hair is, you can tell that it's actually brown. It's very weird. It's Moroccans. I don't know how we work. Anyway, back to the album. Well, Sweet 16, a great track, a fun track. Uh, moving on to Party Up. I love this track written by Meredith Brooks, who of bitch fame of 97. Love, 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 love that track. And I also love that she produced a song. So I, I can only imagine that it was a Meredith Brooks song. And they probably gave Hillary the demo and she went and recorded it. I have a very specific memory at the Hillary Duff concert of this song. I will never oh. forget. So this was like my first concert, right? I was sitting in the same row as one of my best friends. And that was pure coincidence. Like we both bought our tickets at the presale. I went with my mom. She went with her uh, sister-in-law her older sister-in-law and I'll never forget this song playing and looking in the corner in the aisles and her name was Rachel and seeing her going into nine-year-old Rachel going into full-on choreography to party up that she made up on the spot at the concert and we always whenever we get back together we play this song and we just have a laugh because it's just associated with that concert at that moment la 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 <laughs> Um, so I don't have any iconic stories tied to the song, but this is always one of my favorites, like 1000% because I don't know why it just got me really hype. It was Hillary, the rock star. I wanted to break a guitar and like trash a hotel room. For sure. And that's, that's what, that's the energy it gave me as a 12 year old. It's so it's so fun. Songs like this and the math kind of set up her tone for her next album as well, which yeah. is what I really like because it wasn't like such a crazy transition. Like it wasn't unexpected to hear her go into the more pop rock route because she was experimenting with it a lot with this album as well. And you hear it in songs like this. I feel like this song could have been a hit, actually, to be honest with you. I feel like I feel like this would have done really well on Radio Disney, like really, really well. Yeah. In Canada, we had Family Channel. Like if there was a good video, it would have been pl- they always played the videos in between the songs i guess disney channel did the same thing in the u.s and i think about though i was when i was reading up before uh recording this with you i saw that meredith brooks had actually you know talked about how she hates you know big budget spending for albums like this because they have to sell so much for it to even make any money back and all this kind of stuff so i don't know how she feels about being associated with hillary duff's debut album (laughs) i mean she obviously had to be she had to approve her singing it and let's just be honest meredith brooks has only really had one hit so i'm sure she this is not shade i'm just i'm sure she needed the money (laughs) yeah exactly which is why she was probably complaining like stop spending so much money on this so that i can make my money back well well, it was also a very different time in music like back then like they had to recoup everything and they spent all the money on the promotion and on the videos and so there's there's it's a double-edged sword because while they did all of that it made the artist not be able to make as much money however it also made the art so much better and so much more timeless if you if you want my honest opinion i'm with you you know you know i love this era of music so i i fully hear you and i do miss some of that production value that you get from all of the spending you know 100 although we literally just went on a rant about how the cover of this album looks cheap as hell but <laughs> well they clearly ran out of money somewhere because it was hollywood records exactly but i i do like that they put in good money in the production like every song sounds well produced and well mixed and everything like that like it doesn't sound yeah. like it doesn't sound like a cheap album fully it, it's clear that they definitely put their money there which i think is good i mean yes an album cover is very important but if the music's 
just all bad and it sounds bad, then it doesn't matter how great your album cover is. And I mean, Britney's given us terrible album covers for years and we still love her. So she really has like, what is, what was the circus album cover? Even the blackout album cover. I'm like, how are you going to have such an amazing album and have it look literally cheap? That hat, that hat, but not even like the hat. I could get over the hat. It's the friggin' in French. We say, I think it's, um, (laughs) the frames, the frames. Like what the fuck was that? Yeah, they were really bad. Oh, gosh. Next track on the album, Metamorphosis, the title track, the song that influenced my Pigso site. Did you have Pigso back in the day? I didn't. Mm-mm. I so, missed that era. So for those of you guys who don't know what Pixo was, it was kind of like, this was before Facebook. This was before anything. Mm-hmm. Everyone would make their own site. So I was literally nine, 10 years old, elementary school, fourth, fi- third, fourth, fifth grade. And my first Pixo site was metamorphosis.pixo.com. The background was pink. Like my gay ass. Like I can't believe, I still can't believe people said they were surprised that I was gay in my family because really my gay ass. Like, <laughs> my gosh, it was literally pink. And the front page was Lindsay Lohan and Hillary Duff and it was metamorphosis.pixel.com and metamorphosis was the song that played when you went on i i love how they put such a big word into this song and they made it sound so perfect as well absolutely in the way that the vocal sound when she sings it uh so fucking good so good i find this to be one of the best songs on the album actually I agree. And I think this also, I think I like it so much because it's not as straightforward spooky, but there's definitely spooky in here. It's fun because the beat is fun. So it has like the little bit of the spooky duff that we love, but has the fun duff that we love as well for a perfect mix. This song was co-written by Chico Bennett. Chico Bennett was a good friend of my aunt's actually. I'll never forget this. What? Um, Yes, yeah, so ugh, I'll never forget this. So when Hillary came, I didn't get to meet her, but my aunt's best friend's daughter got to meet her because of Chico Bennett and she was trying to get me to meet her through Chico to, I remember there were phone calls being made and I didn't end up getting to but Renee it was the name of the girl you got to meet Hillary <laughs> because he lived in LA and my aunt used to go to LA all the time so there was that connection so I don't know oh, for some reason, anytime I see his name I just remember of the meeting that never happened oh gosh you had your Haley Duff moment I really did. I really have the most moment. It's not fun. Yeah, I'm so sorry. But honestly, I would never be able to record this with you if you have met Hillary Duff. So because you would be hating me the entire time. Oh, absolutely. I would be seething with anger. I would be seeing red. My eyes would be rolled in the back of my head. It wouldn't be good. Side note, I'm really sorry she didn't wish you a happy birthday, but there's always next year, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much. For those of you who don't know, I have tried for several years to get Hillary Duff to tell me happy birthday. And this year for my 30th, I decided to make a fun video that I thought was pretty good. You know, I, I loved thought it. Maybe, oh, maybe she would potentially see it through some channel, but she never did and she never responded. But it's fine. She's busy working on How I Met Your Father. She's actually, you know, she's doing her thing. She has three children. But there's always next year. And hey, you never know. Maybe she'll listen to this podcast. Hillary, if you're listening, you can always wish him a belated. Yeah, Hillary, if you're listening, it's never too late. I have a lot of forgiveness in my heart. Um, And also, I know you're very busy promoting those kind bars on TikTok as well. So, (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't with the kind bars. Honestly, girl knows how to get her coin, though. So She does. She is a part of so many products. And she's, you know, an ambassador for this child's product or whatever. You know, all these things. So she's she's making it happen. And she's keeping her acting career going. A true metamorphosis. I do love that. I really appreciate that she is still acting. I loved Younger. 
love Queen Hillary. You know, she can't do any wrong. And she showed us this from this time of this album up until today. Next track on the album, a fun little interlude, Inner Strength, another Haley Duff production. <laughs> yep. I feel like, oh my God, you know how DJs are like, DJ Khaled. I want to be like, Haley Duff. Haley Duff. A uh, nice like DJ tag over these songs are like, DJ Haley. Haley, if you're listening, that's our intellectual property. <laughs> oh my gosh. Haley, if you're listening, the best way to get back at Paris Hilton for stealing your song is to become a better DJ than her and steal all of her gigs in Spain. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like Haley just doesn't care. That's what it is. Like she's off with her baby and like living her life. But if you ever do want to come back, Haley, we're here with open arms because you gave us art, honey. Literally, I will throw a big party in Dallas and you can DJ it. You'll be the special featured guest and I'll raise money to get you to be here. Whatever. We're going to make it happen. DJ Haley. But yeah, Inner Strength. What do you think about it? I think it's just, you know, fun, cutesy little interlude. Nothing too special, but it's fun. I always liked it. I always listened to it. Um, I never skipped it. I thought... I thought, obviously, I love Why Not because it's attached to, you know, Lizzie McGuire and everything. But I thought that this was a great, like, proper album closer. And I feel like it was probably meant to be the album closer. But, you know, back then they always did, like, the last song on the album was always, like, a, like the song that came before the album or whatnot. So I feel like yeah. this, the idea was this is the end of the album and now here's Why Not. But, I mean, like, in very Mariah Carey fashion, I love... Uh, an album closer that's kind of sad. I love things. I love sad album closers. Looking in, like it's the most beautiful song ever. Incredible, and that's exactly the type of song vibe. Everything I was thinking of, um, you know, ending an album like that, I think is great. But you know, I'm not mad at why not being a part of everything. But oh, inner strength song. would have been fine to close the album for sure. Before we get to why not, Hillary Duff co-wrote the song Metamorphosis. I love Hillary's writing and. Metamorphosis is one of the better songs on the album, so to have your name attached to that one is great. To close yeah, out <laughs> this album, the song Why Not, the classic song that kind of started it all for Hillary's music career, to be honest with you. This was this was it. I remember because, do you remember when she recorded um, I Can't Wait? Of course. I can't wait for the sun to stand. I love that track. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, because people weren't doing that actor singer commercial thing, you know, in that way. Except for like J Lo, but like not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like in the in the Disney world, like you have a sitcom, and then all of a sudden you're a pop star type of thing. For sure. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. But then whenever I heard Why Not, I was like, oh, she's like a singer. Yeah, she's going to be an artist. I remember watching the video premiere to Why Not. Uh, don't ask me why I have this memory, but I just do. It was on, on uh, YTV, was like our kids' channel in Canada. For my American and worldwide listeners, you can relate it to like the Nickelodeon type of channel. So we had a show that was on every Friday and Saturday called The Hit List. And it was basically like the hits, music videos of today. Mm-hmm. And they would play all like the Disney Channel girls and they played all the pop, like Britney, Christina, NSYNC, Avril, Michelle Branch, like all of them. So it was like kind of like the top 20. So I'll never, and they would have interviews with them. They were starting to push Hillary. And I remember seeing the premiere and I was like, oh my God, that's Lizzie McGuire. She sings now. And I remember thinking, oh, that's never going to go anywhere because like she can't yeah. sing. And then they kept playing it and I loved the song. And then I ended up buying this album and then I became a Hillary Duff stan. 
So thank you, YTV, because really you were my introduction to Hillary as a music artist because that's where I saw the video for the first time. And YTV, thank you for all of the shows that you licensed to play in random networks in America that I watched growing up. Like which ones? I'm curious. It was all of the like, I can't remember any of the names, of course, now that we're talking about it, but there was a bunch of like random science fiction shows that would be on like Discovery Kids in the US and it's YTV. Are you afraid of the dark? Did you ever see that show? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that was like a white tv production white yeah we all and they always like it out to um the american uh channels back in the 90s and 2000s canadian content was actually bomb i don't know what the fuck is happening now but it was it was bomb back then i have to say YTV always delivered and the hit list was kind of like the trl in the sense of like they pushed their girls like they pushed hillary a lot and that's why all the kids love them so much that's probably why she was so big in canada to be honest with you i'm gonna i'm gonna look up some ytv shows from that time and i'm gonna dm you and tell you which shows i watched Oh, I can't wait. I love that. Um, any closing remarks about this album? Closing memories? Anything that yes. you want to let the world know? I do. I have a few things because I love reading what people would say about albums back in the day or about the artists themselves, particularly women and how awful it was. For sure. And so I want to point out a few little nuggets. Um, so the president of girls intelligence agency laura grop i think is how you pronounce her name uh said that the timing of the release of metamorphosis and other deaf related products was right because there had been a lack of teen idol since britney spears so that supports what we were talking about and then this is the best part you ready and that duff is not too pretty not too thin not too anything like a little meg ryan oh like okay and she was 15 Um, years old when they were writing this stuff about her Yeah, and this woman is the president of the Girls Intelligence Agency. I don't know what that is, but you would think that she would, you know, say some things that would be a bit more empowering. It was a different time. Women tore other women. Well, they still do, but it was really popular to just tear down a woman for anything. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or not at that time. It was definitely, definitely the thing to do. And the other thing I wanted to point out, a lot of the things that people said were really positive about Hillary and like who she was and what she was becoming in terms of like a teen idol even if the music critics were kind of destroying her album. But there was one more thing that I wanted to point out. USA Today named it the 10th worst pop album of 2003, writing, quote, note to all young, modestly talented singers, stay in school and you won't wind up on worst of lists before you're old enough to vote. Well, they can say whatever the hell they want. This album sold over 3 million copies in the US, was a number one album, and she was selling out arena tours because of this album. So Yeah, and you know what i was looking it up before we recorded michael and it's almost at four million in the u.s as of 2014 so i bet if they ran the numbers it'd be eligible for four times platinum for sure because with streaming now and from clean is a pretty high streamed song in terms of like hillary's discography if they were to update her certifications i'm sure it would reach uh four times platinum christina just updated back to basics did you see no so back to basics was just updated so it got certified two times platinum ain't no other man got certified two times platinum and hurt and Candyman got platinum certifications for the 15 year anniversary i guess rca finally decided to update her certifications don't even get me fucking started on britney certifications that haven't been updated since tim buck fucking two they're so outdated it is uh gosh yeah no you're totally right but hey i'm here for its four times platinum certification take that usa today yeah suck it whoever you are some old white man who wrote that 
doesn't deserve it to be honest with you but hey we'll say that anyway (laughs) well thank you so much my friend for coming on my show today for talking about hillary you guys have to follow him at cam breezy on tiktok instagram and any social media trust me you want especially his tiktok you want to follow it (laughs) thank you lots of hillary duff content on there so you will not be disappointed exactly well thank you guys so much for listening and i'll catch you guys next time have a good day bye